And here we go. This is Mike Lodge. I am the business advisor. And it's a beautiful day here in South Carolina, and I'm happy. I'm always happy when it's a beautiful day. So remember what I said. We were going to go over some tax issues and give you just a little bit more information on taxation as the 2023 comes along in the next couple of months. Starting today, as a matter of fact, we only have two more months, and 2023 is going to be here. I can't believe how fast time goes by. I mean, here I just feels like a few days ago we were celebrating the the beginning of 2022, and now here we are, and it's 2023. <coughs> Excuse me. So let's talk about taxes, okay? And one of the questions that always gets asked is on dependents. What is a dependent? Who is a dependent? What are the ages of the dependent? And everything else. Now, when we think of a dependent, we're, we're talking about individuals that we are providing more than 50% of their life, okay? Everything that you're spending for them is more than 50% of what they're providing for themselves. Which means that most of your dependents, you're doing like 100%, right? You're providing for their meals, their education, their their schooling, their food, their medical bills, everything. It's all on, uh, you know, what you support. It's called support. It's a support test, okay? So the question is, okay, what is a dependent? Well, a dependent is a person that a taxpayer provides for financially. In... A casual sense, not a tax sense now. We're talking about just a casual sense. This could include relationships or circumstances, such as a child under shared custody, a child with residence in two countries, a child whose guardian is not their parent, stepchildren, foster children, siblings being provided for, parents being provided for, half-siblings being provided for, Excluded, I mean, extended, excluded. Well, sometimes you want to exclude them. Extended relatives, such as aunts and uncles, being provided for. Uh, mentally disabled uh, relatives, physically disabled relatives, relatives being provided for financially but living elsewhere. Uh, housekeepers or hired help being provided for. Uh, 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 foreign exchange students being provided for. Now, that's what we would call casually. Casually. Casually, okay? Those are casual dependents. But then the tax guys, they come along and they say, okay, this is what you can claim as uh, a tax write-off or a tax deduction. So we always say, however, there's always that w- word however, Right. According to the Internal Revenue Service, not all of these relationships that we just talked about that we would love to have as dependents can qualify as a dependent for tax purposes. Unfortunately, you can't take a deduction for your nanny, let's say. So to make sense of who qualifies and who doesn't qualify as a dependent, there are three tests that must that you have to pass. When you're asking this question, is that person a dependent of mine? Can I take them as a deduction? So what are those tests? Well, these are the dependent taxpayer test, um, the joint return test, and the citizen or residence test. So in identifying a dependent, 
In these situations, you may be unsure how to properly identify and document a dependent whose whose situation is out of the ordinary. Let's uh, explain some situations, and this might help, or, or that you might even encounter. Um, if a dependent for whom an exemption is being claimed on a return doesn't have a social security number, one should apply as soon as possible, filing form SS-5 with the Social Security Administration. And this can be found online at the Social Security website, so you can go there. If a child is a dependent, was born and died in 2021, and the parent doesn't have an SSN for that child, you may attach a copy of the child's uh, birth certificate and the death certificate or hospital records instead. But it must show that the child was born alive. If this method um, is used, enter died in the column that asks what the dependent was. So we have all these tests that you have to go by, right? So we have to, let's, I want to talk about one, and that is the citizen and residence test. And then I also want to talk about the family credit and the qualifying child test. Okay. Now, qualifying child test is, I find, I find it simple to kind of know what a dependent is under the child. Okay. So the test must, it has five tests for this, for the child. And the five tests must meet uh, for a child to be taxpayer qualified child on your tax return, um, they are the five of them are you know, one is your relationship, two the age, three residency, residency, four support, and five uh, if you're filing a joint return. So as a relationship, it would be like this: it would be like your son, your daughter, your stepchild, foster child. Uh, um, Descendant of any of these uh, categories, the brother, the sister, the half-brother, half-sister, stepbrother, stepsister, or a uh, descendant of any one of those categories, such as a niece or a nephew. You can, if, if you're providing more than 50% of living in your home or maybe in another place, you can provide, uh, you can take them as your dependent. So we have all those things. And then we have to understand what the age, okay? The age test requires that a child must be under age 19 at the end of the year and younger than the taxpayer for their spouse or their spouse if filing jointly. A student uh, under age 24 at the end of the year and younger than the taxpayer or those spouse if filing jointly or permanently and totally disabled at any time during the year, regardless of age. Now, let's talk about uh, a student, because that's kind of a... Uh, people always ask, well, the student, do I still get to deduct them? Well, yeah, they meet certain qualifications. So uh, let's take just a quick look at the IRS definition of a student. To qualify as a student, the child must be during some part of any five calendar months of the year, a full-time student at a school that has a regular teaching uh, staff, course of study, and a regular enrolled student body at the schools, or a student taking full-time or on-farm training course 
given by a school described above or um, that we just talked about or by uh, a state, county, or local government agency. So that's really what a student is. So a full-time student is one who is enrolled for the number of hours of courses the school considers to be full-time attendance. Also, the five calendar months don't have to be consecutive, so the school being attended can be uh, an elementary, junior, or senior high school, college, university, or technical trade or mechanical school, one of those those issues. Now, <clears throat> these questions are always asked every single time, can I claim that person as a dependent? So what I would really suggest that you do, and I'll, I'll provide you with a link on dependency, on, on what qualifies as a dependency, because I know that you're going to ask them again this year because some of you are going to be confused as to what a dependent is <coughs> and what the rules are. So I'm going to put that link down in the body of, of this podcast. But remember, if, you, if you're unsure... You have the you have the material there on the Internal Revenue Service website. In fact, you can look up any of this on irs.gov and you can find out what the real nitty-gritty of each one of these questions that you may have on taxes. Or the best way to do it, call your tax accountant. They can identify that. Now, tax preparers are, are supposed to know everything about this on dependency. Every year, they should be taking a continuing education class where they talk about what is a dependent. And they should be able to train you on what a dependent is. What is a yes and what is a no. Or I should say, who is a yes and who is a no as a dependent. A lot of times, people claim other people in their country. So what do they do? And they're very sneaky about this. So you got to watch very carefully. Is that these individuals go out in what is called an identification number, a taxpayer identification number, TIN, TIN number, what we call it. And they they get that individual a TIN number, and then they qualify. They put them as a dependent on their tax return. You can't quite do that. You're stretching it right there, and that's going to open yourself up to an audit and a disallowance of that child. You just have to make sure that you are providing more than 50% to that individual, to any of your dependents, all of your dependents. You have to provide more than 50%. So if you've got an aunt and uncle that's providing all the daytime living, the house that they're living in, the electricity that they use, the water that they use, that's not your dependent. Because they're probably providing more than 50%. And I see this a lot of times where people just are so desperate to have that dependent on their tax return that you have to say, hey, slow down. Comply with the Internal Revenue Code because that's going to be the one that's going to assess you on what you can and cannot do. So you have to follow that very, very carefully. Very carefully. Because otherwise... You're just going to be in a in a lot of trouble later on. I have people calling me right in the middle of a podcast, so I apologize for that phone call. 
But if you have any questions, if you want to send it to me, just send it to me at info, I-N-F-O, at lodge, L-O-D-G-E dash C-O dot com. And I'll try and answer the question for you on, on, on what a dependent is or the person that you think is a dependent. And we can get kind of a qualification on that. So don't be afraid to ask questions. If you have a question, reach out to your tax practitioner. Reach out to uh, the Internal Revenue website, irs.gov. But reach out. Even You can send me an email, and I'll be more than happy to, to answer the question or find the qu- answer to you, to your question. Listen, taxes are really hard. And taxes become complicated because you can read it one way and interpret it another way. And sometimes, a lot of, a lot of the times, if you don't know how to read the Internal Revenue Code, you get really confused. Even myself as a tax practitioner, I get confused. Taxes are not e- easy. Remember when the government came out, the senators and Congress said, yep, we are going to have an easy tax return where it's only going to be a postcard. Well, you know, instead of having the postcard, they came out with this one-page thing. But, however, over the course of time, that one page has gone to several pages because the code changes, the rules change, the everything changes. And so we've never had a postcard, and we'll probably never get to the postcard because the IRS code is way, way too complicated. I hate to say it. It's complicated. I wish that we got to a point where we had a simplified tax system. And I'll talk about what I think should be a simplified tax system later on in another podcast. Because I've been into a lot of different countries and represented people in other countries on tax issues. And I find that their tax systems are much simpler than how ours is. Some just have a one-page thing. Some have it where the companies that you work for file the tax return for you. There's a lot better ways out there. Listen, this is Mike Lodge. If you want to have more access to me, go to www.lodge-co.com. Again, that's lodge-co.com. Everybody have a great day. This is Mike Lodge. I am the business advisor. Bye-bye.